Got an absolute banger playing for you guys today. Um, great guest, big interview, big name. Excited for you guys to hear it. This is the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. Jack, good to be back. Another day, another pod. <laughs> good to be back. Here we are. Here we are again. Jack and I have been absolutely grinding because we're trying to pre-record <laughs> before the Arizona tournament. Plus, we have this video podcast on the way. So this is the second day in a row we're recording a pod, and I just edited for three hours on the video podcast before this. So we're going hard. I'd pipe it up. <laughs> and Tommy's going ham with this with this video if, podcast. If, if only I this, think it's it's going to be gold. If only this podcast paid better out than a ham sandwich an hour, we'd be uh, we'd be rolling in the <laughs> dough. So, but we're going to cut right to the chase tonight, guys. Um, as I mentioned, special guest here in the building with us, um, big whiffler in the community. As you guys have seen from our interviews in the past with guys like Sam Skibby, um, wiffle ball doesn't just start and end with MLW. You know, there's some some guys that have been playing this game a very long time and have done it at a very high level. So, without further ado, I want to introduce you guys to a very decorated player, um, been in this game a long time, Jordan Robles. Jordan, thank you for joining us today on Pipe It Up. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, love everything you guys do for the game. You guys have transcended the game to levels where it hasn't been. You've been on TV at TBS, you know, on TV, <laughs> on MLB <laughs> Network, and it's it's crazy. It's awesome. It's great for the game. Yeah, as I mentioned, I think you're probably one of the most dedicated and decorated um, Whifflers of all time. You know, Kyle Schultz, who runs our league, as everyone knows, um, has been, you know, has been saying your name to me since we were, you know, 13, 14 year old kids is this guy's awesome. He plays in Palisades and all this stuff. And he's a great pitcher, great hitter, all that kind of stuff. So I wanted to rewind all the way back to the beginning with you and just talk about, um, how did you even discover wiffle ball? Yeah. So, um, I feel like any baseball player has played wiffle ball with their friends in the backyard. Um, I was no different than any, any other baseball player, but it just so happened to be a local tournament about 10 minutes from where I lived, and uh, I kind of got dragged into it in the fifth grade. I really had no clue what was going on in life or anything at that time, <laughs> and I really grew up going to this tournament year by year, and I, I wanted to win it. So we worked every year trying to learn a riser, trying to hit a slider, like whatever we got eliminated by, we spent that whole year trying to learn it and trying to make that adjustment. And um, as I grew up in this tournament, I, I eventually won it, and um, – just kind of snowballed from there, and I went to Jersey and met all these people, and mm -hmm. here I am now, you know, traveling the country. It's yeah. crazy. So you said that was in fifth grade, right? So First about, tournament, fifth so grade. You about yeah. 10 years old at the time? Yeah. And then how old are you now, if you don't mind me asking, so our fans can I learn? I am 27 now, if my math's correct. 27. 27. So you've been in this <laughs> game for 17 years, more than half yeah. your life. And um, yep. so I, along those 17 years and outside of that tournament, how many different leagues have you been a part of? Oof, I, I can't even keep track. <laughs> I, I've, I've been lucky where I live in the Northeast. There's been so many leagues that I've been able to travel to like within a three-hour range. So mm -hmm. I just got really lucky where, where I was born. You know, I love being from New York, the tri-state area. I, I'm lucky and thankful to be a part of all these leagues throughout the years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know some of the more notable ones is the Palisades League, which I think even some of our really big fans have seen the clips of that league on YouTube. Um, I believe you're very involved in MA, MAW, and you've been with those guys for a while. And, uh, yeah, you mentioned that some of them are up to a three-hour drive. You know, how often were you making these commutes, and how far would they get? Was this on a weekly basis, a biweekly basis, or how much, how much traveling have you actually done for this sport on a regular <laughs> basis? <laughs> 
I've done numerous traveling. So for me, for example, just to travel to MAW, it's three and a half hours to go to York, PA. So that that is rough. Um, I've slept in my car at tournaments in Boston, which is another three hour drive. So I, if it's within, if it's under four hours, I'm going to make it there. That, that's kind of like my motto. And thankfully, I've been close to a, a bunch of tournaments within a four hour range. Yeah, I mean, I think, like you said, you were lucky to be born in a regional area in which the game was, I think, you know, that was kind of, that's the heart of the sport. It still is. Um, you know, as we were growing up and posting our videos online when we were 10, 11, 12 years old, Kyle would always mention to me the guys in the East Coast that play in Palisades and that play in Ma and all this cool stuff that goes on over there and how competitive it is and it's the best players in the country and all that stuff. So luckily for you, it worked out that you were born right in that area. But... Um, Outside of that, it's still a lot of traveling. I mean, a three-hour drive is a no joke. Right? Yeah, that's nuts. And sleeping in your car. Sleeping in your car. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's tough. Yeah. But what's, like, the um, the strain been like on your personal life, your work life, and trying to balance your love for the game, but also, you know, I'm sure you have responsibilities outside of wiffle ball, just like we do. Yeah, so um, I'm a physical education teacher now. Um, I got my first full-time job four years ago now, so... Um, before I was a teacher, I was, uh, going to college upstate at Cortland, New York, which is like in the middle of nowhere of upstate New York. So on the weekends, I'd try and schedule my, uh, college semester. So I didn't have any classes on Friday. So to mm -hmm. do that, I'd have to double up Tuesday, Thursdays, double up Wednesday, Wednesdays. And, um, thankfully I was able to do that, get a car that wouldn't explode on me. <laughs> I have gotten towed so many times in my life. Um, I refuse to be a member of AAA. I refuse to <laughs> surrender and give in to that, but um, mm -hmm. I just find a way, man. If you want to do something, you'll find a way to do it, and I, I love wiffle ball, but um, straining relationships and, and finding jobs, um, it was hard for me to get a job in high school, outside of high school, um, because I couldn't work weekends. Mm -hmm. Not that I couldn't work weekends. I refused to work weekends. I, I wanted to play <laughs> wiffle ball. I wanted to try and get better somewhere, and um, just what I'm passionate about, and I don't know. I, I don't... It's just the way that I'm internally made. Um, I can't really explain it. It's just the way, way I am. But um, no, I think uh, <laughs> I think a lot of people who listen to this podcast can relate to that. And, you know, a lot of us have hobbies that we we hate to give up, and we you know we love doing in our free time. And it stinks when a job out there that you're obligated to get for whether it's money reasons or maybe a relationship, whatever it may be, that's you know trying to pull you away from what you love to do. So the fact that you were able to build around it is awesome. Um, I've talked about I think on this show before where. I also, you know, never really had a job in high school because I was playing baseball, both travel and in high school. So, you know, it's tough to try to find free time to work. I would just do like freelance stuff for my neighbors. You know, I'd cut, I cut two different lawns around this neighborhood that gave me enough cash at least to go out with my friends from time to time. So, but I was going to say my senior year before college, I was like, I need some kind of money to go to school to, you know, pay for food and books and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> so I was just asking around businesses like, trying to find the most flexible place. And the most flexible place I found in our hometown in Michigan was uh, actually a dry cleaners who literally said, you can pick your hours. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I was at this dry cleaners, miserable at this job. But then Thursday, yeah. Thursday through Sunday, I had baseball tournaments. So, you know, I had to do what I had to do, I guess, to get a little extra money plus keep playing travel baseball. So I feel for you there. Um, you talked about but the passion that's driven you to that point. Where do you think that comes from? You said you have the baseball background, but wiffle ball, it seems like, has really caught your eye. What about the game do you love so much, if you can articulate that? I would say I'm just an extremely competitive person. And um, once I stopped playing baseball, I, I kind of felt when I left baseball like I didn't accomplish what I wanted to. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I started finding a lot of success in wiffle ball. I started making a lot, like some money in wiffle ball too. The money is really what, what motivated me and made me feel like, mm-hmm. man, what if I just won tournaments every weekend? Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't have to work, you know, like my mm-hmm. life would be great. So I kind of just, um, I wanted to be the best player that I could be. I wanted to seek out the best competition so that I was winning these tournaments and I was, I was making money and, uh, I was able to pay for my gas and not sleep in cars, maybe sleep in a hotel room every now and then. Um, kind of just snowballed from there, I would say. Well, talk about that because our tournaments, you know, we don't offer a cash prize for the teams that win our tournaments. You know, it's just a trophy and some medals and a little bit of, uh, social media hype for your squad. But, um, so the tournaments that you play in, how does that work? Is it an entry fee and then the winners take home the cash or how's that yes. work? Yes. So like even the tournament that I, I, my very first tournament in the fifth grade, it was a thousand dollar cash prize. So back at that time, yeah, I was Dang. like, I'm going to be a billionaire if I win this tournament. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, absolutely. I'd take a thousand dollars right now. Are you kidding me? Oh my God. Yeah. yeah like, um, so fast forward, started planning that in the fifth grade. We worked every summer trying to get better. By the time we hit 10th grade, we won it for the very first time. And getting that money, oh, my God. It, it just felt great. But aside from that, the Golden Stick tournaments are usually like a team buying of maybe 200 bucks, winner takes all. So um, I just wanted to be the best. I wanted to play against all these guys that I grew up watching on YouTube, like T-Weg, Kevin Norris, Sean Steffi, mm-hmm. um, all these guys that were in the game before me. And I wanted to see where I, I stacked up with them. And it felt surreal just being able to, to be on the same field with them. And then once I started um, having some success, I, I kind of thought like, wait a minute, we, we got something here. Like <laughs> um, I kind of just roll with that from there. But uh, winning money makes my life a lot easier in terms of wiffle ball. You only get money if you win the tournament. So mm-hmm. you could go undefeated, make the finals, and you lose a one nothing game. Now you got to find a way to, to pay for gas to get yeah. back, you know, pay for – whatever it took you to get to that tournament. So I really did not want to lose. I really couldn't lose in a lot of these tournaments that I went to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can remember specifically um, a story where I was probably maybe 15 or 16 at the time. So this is five or six years ago. And I, I knew, I was aware of you, as I said. Kyle mentioned your name to me many times. And I saw a tweet that Kyle had liked. It popped up on my feed. And it was you, like, spreading out $20 bills. Like, this makes it all <laughs> worth it. And I was like, dang, you just won a tournament and won a bunch of money. That's sweet. <laughs> so I was super jealous. But I, what I didn't know, what I'm learning now, is that it sounds like, you know, you weren't just born to be the greatest. It sounds like a lot of work has actually gone into this game just because you love it so much. Yeah, I got, I've been beaten for years. Like, I didn't win my first Golden Stick tournament until 2017, but I had been playing in Golden Stick since 2012. So, Dang. Um, I, you know, I, I took my lumps. I, I had to learn and, and seek out good competition, seek out different tournaments, and try and learn as much as I could. But once I kind of got to 2017 and, and I started winning, it's, it just, I don't know, rolled from there. Mm-hmm. And well, that's awesome. Here we are. And you said yeah. you always wanted to be the best. Um, I think... Have you been technically the best? I know there's a rating that comes out or a ranking system on the drop, I think it's called, of the 100 players. Were you ever number one or was it just top three for you? Um, so in 2019, I was the, the number one player on the drop. Okay, um, I thought so. I don't like saying that. Like, you Light know what flex. I mean? Like, I'm, yeah, like I'm, <laughs> I'm the best player. There's a ton of, of great players, more talented players out there. But um, it was cool to be recognized and have someone say that. You know, I'm, I'm thankful for Paul Cook. Also got a nice little cash prize for that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they take really good care of the people who are the top in the game for that, like, calendar season. That's um, sweet. It's pretty sick. 
Well, not to brag or anything, but I think I was like 87 on the drop one time. So you know, I'm I'm right I'm right there. <laughs> <laughs> subtle brag, subtle brag. If you guys came to these tournaments, though, you know, like you would absolutely get way way higher on that list. Oh man, it's tough. I mean, yeah, I think um, you know, if you it's like, it's like anything, you put the work into it, you put the time into it. You mentioned seeking out good competition. That's so important. People trying to get better at anything. So I liked how you mentioned that too. Um, but yeah, it's cool that you were the best. Um, and I'm assuming you want to get back to the best now that you're not number one anymore. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the, the weird thing about being number one is you can only go down from there. So yeah. uh, I'm yeah. trying to not fall off, trying to stay um, at a high level in this game. As I get older, you know, my body's breaking down a little bit. But uh, oh, yeah. i got to make adjustments and make some changes. Yeah, I wanted to uh, actually get into that a little bit because you mentioned how much you love this game and you've been doing it for a long time. And, um, you know, I've been doing it at a much... I've been putting a lot less strain on my body playing from our, our rules and our dimensions compared to what you've done. So does that affect you mentally, physically, or what is your long-term thoughts on that in the game of wiffle ball? I mean, I've always personally said I'm going to throw a wiffle ball until I physically can. Oh. Now, thankfully, that has not happened over these years. Um, I've got like a three-quarter delivery, which I feel like has helped my elbow, my shoulder. If I came more over the top, my UCL would probably be shot. My my uh, mm-hmm. labrum would probably be torn. So I feel like I, I kind of really got lucky there that I just kind of have that natural sidearm delivery. But um, okay, yeah, like I it, I like that I've been involved with football because I, I have to stay in shape if, if I want to compete and stay at a high level with all these other great guys across the country. I can't come into a tournament out of shape or drinking or doing anything like that. You know, things that would just mess with my reaction time. I, I'm kind of forced to live like a, a healthy, clean lifestyle. Well, yeah, and you mentioned that you know a lot of times it's about the money too. You're out there trying to win money. You're not going to go out there and sure. give a give a half-hearted effort. So, um, yeah, I wanted to ask you too. I couldn't have you on this podcast without mentioning this. I hope you don't mind. But for those who don't know, Jordan actually has a tattoo on his leg of a <laughs> wiffle ball. Um, I was going to ask you just like do people ever in public stop you and to compliment you on that or to ask you about what that is or why you have it or what's that experience been like for you having that actually branded on your body. Yeah, so a lot of my students uh, think it's a bowling ball. Like, a lot of them say, why do you have a bowling ball on your leg? And then I explain, like, well, it's, it's a wiffle ball. But every now and then, like, when I go to tournaments, um, people are realizing, like, oh, my God, that's so cool. But it kind of really was a Palisades WBL thing. Okay. Garrett Torres and Johnny Costa are probably the first two people to have that. And then it kind of just became, like, a brotherhood thing amongst us. That's we cool. get it on our left leg and – uh Kind of rolled from there, but those guys are really the originators of it. But okay, it's awesome, man. Wiffle ball is a great part of my life, and here it's branded on me forever. Jack, what's it gonna oh, take bro. for you to get that tattoo? Uh, honestly, not much. I think I'm married to the game too at this point. <laughs> a million. I think subs. I might be. I might, I might be the next uh, next uh, tattoo on the leg guy with guys, the wiffle ball. Guys, welcome if, to the brotherhood. If Pipe yeah. It Up can somehow shoot to the moon and become the greatest podcast on the face of the earth and get the recognition that it deserves. I think I'm gonna have to get the pipe it up logo tattooed somewhere. That would look great. A, a big, a big chess piece says Kyle in the background here. <laughs> Could <Yeah>. you imagine? <laughs> Can't go wrong uh, with that. So funny. So talked a lot about your career, but um, I know you've been someone who's observed and seen MLW kind of grow slowly over the years, too, to the point it's gotten to now. So I wanted to ask you about, you know, when did you first see an MLW video or hear about any of our content? Do you remember? 
Um, I want to say probably 2016, 2017, like at the time where Palisades was getting a, a little bit of notoriety, one of the things that Brett would always compare it to would be you guys because we felt like we were doing great with like 2,000 views. And then you look at you guys, what you're doing, you guys are getting hundreds of thousands, you know, thousands of subscribers. Um, so it was just something like, holy, these kids have it figured out. Like What, what <laughs> you guys are doing, <laughs> you guys got it figured out. Um, the way you market the game, the, the way you promote your product, um, all the work in, that you guys put into in the editing. A lot of people don't know if you haven't tried to edit a video yourself, it takes a lot, a lot of work. It's extremely frustrating. Um, but you guys are reaping the benefits of all that hard work and you deserve all these subscribers. You deserve all these views for, um, the effort and the way that you, the, the content that you create, it's, it's high tier stuff. Yeah. Shout out to Kyle. I mean, it's been, yeah, it's been a long time coming. It's been a long, slow, but steady growth. You know what I mean? And it's cool to, it's cool to get the appreciation from guys like you and the big names who have been in the game for so long and just to see like the appreciation of wow people are starting to realize how cool of a sport wiffle ball is or like and now just to see all these different leagues of young kids popping up across the country and as you saw at the UFs tournament at our little meet and greet we held all the young kids who were excited to come play and to meet not only us but also a lot of them were excited to meet you guys you know when when they were there and were exposed to the amount of talent that's in the game um, a lot of them were asking for autographs from people they've never seen on YouTube before you know what I mean so I'm sure that was cool for you as well to kind of feel that appreciation and feel the the recognition for the amount of talent you have at this thing you've been dedicated so much time to. Yeah, that was awesome. I've never in my life seen that. Like you got that anytime you guys played, you had people cheering for Jimmy Norp, little kids holding up signs, go Jimmy, cheering for Jimmy. Like you guys are their heroes. And, and I wish that um, where that was, like how you guys got that, I wish that was like that nationwide. But uh, like I said earlier, you guys create, great content you guys put in the work and it's it was truly awesome to see that to see uh genuine kids as fans of players like that that's one thing that i always thought would happen 10 20 years from now if the game ever blew up it, it was happening right in front of my eyes it was surreal to see and it was awesome like that's something i'm never gonna forget seeing all the people freaking out over jimmy's catch and mm -hmm. anytime jimmy threw a pitch or anytime kyle threw a pitch got a hit they, those kids are fired up and mm -hmm. that was awesome like it's elevating the game to a place it's never been before. It was great to see. Yeah, and I think, like you said, you know, you've complimented us a lot in our content, and I appreciate that, and it's getting Wiffle Ball some extra attention. But what's cool is not only that, but it's helping the sport grow as a whole, too. You know, we've had some clips over the years make it onto, you know, some major media pages, whether it's Yahoo or Bleacher Report or ESPN. But from the UF's event, there was a clip of that had no MLW guys in it. It was like Jimmy Cole um, getting robbed by somebody making a diving catch that actually made it on, I think it was Bleacher Report. So that was cool, too, for me to see yeah. cool other football players are getting recognized, too, and other parts of the game are getting featured on these major, major platforms. So I'm sure you appreciated that as well. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, um, these kids, like you said earlier, all of your fans, to see the other great players out there uh, nationwide and to see the high level of talent that, that's out there outside of MLW in the Midwest region, it was, it was awesome to see, and it's good for the game. Like, I, I love when anybody wins. If MLW wins, if, if a league in California was able to get a huge following, it's just good for the game. I love seeing the game grow, and it, it's just good to see. I, I love anything that helps promote the game of wiffle ball. So it was, mm -hmm. I, I'm just, I was a fan of all of it. Great yeah. experience. Have you now? This is a different question, but I don't know how much of a like um, 
suburban area you live in or if you're more of an urban part of more of a city so it's not really like a place to put wiffle ball fields in but like i noticed in our neighborhood alone where we live we have like three different families that now have wiffle ball fields in their front yard so i'm not sure if you've ever seen that but it is cool that it is growing amongst the younger generation so i'm sure you're happy about that and once again if it wasn't like you guys and palisades and the guys who we found on youtube called ft wiffle you know those were people that were laying the building blocks for us um, and we still have a long way to go, you know what I mean? But it reminds me of, um, to put a comparison on it, I don't know how closely you follow gaming, but, you know, gaming community's been around forever, and Twitch has been around for so long, but until Fortnite came along and Ninja, you know, the first one to really get mass media attraction, that slingshotted the whole esports community to a whole new level. So I think Wiffle Ball's on the cusp of the same thing happening, you know? Oh, I, I love making that comparison, like the esport comparison, whether it be Fortnite or Call of Duty, like, 2010 or 09 call of duty esports was not known they had like a max cast prize of four thousand dollars for a national championship now you look at today they have three million dollar tournaments yeah they got millions of followers on twitter instagram like those players can create a youtube channel have millions of subscribers just because they're part of a professional organization that has always been my dream for wiffle ball like to have huge organizations where players can um you know players can elevate themselves using the organization and and sell merchandise have youtube channels give tips you know like market themselves so you know the the possibilities are endless just a matter of getting there but i feel like we're on the right track to get to that point yeah there's a lot of people not just me and kyle and jack and everyone involved in mlw there's so many people behind the scenes that are working, you know, very hard for little to no money to try to build this game up and get it some more, get some more eyes on it. So it's it's pretty cool to see. But um, I also wanted to ask you too, MLW specifically. You know, how has your has your perception of our league and our guys kind of changed over the years at all, or not too much? Um, not too much at all. I feel like the way you guys play is extremely difficult. If you've ever played yellow bat base running wiffle ball, it is extremely difficult. So it's a completely different style. I feel like hitting with the yellow bat in general is difficult. I know you guys have a shorter mound and you do scuff the balls, right? Yes, we do. Just a little so sidewalk sh- scuff. <laughs> yeah. No so knifing. you got sc- scuff balls, yellow bat with base running. That is extremely difficult to play. It's hard to be consistently successful in that style. So, um, I would love to go out there and play at the Meadows, you know, at, at some point. Um, but I, I've never, my perception hasn't changed. I've always thought that what you guys do is sick. Um, Appreciate that. I love to see it. Yeah, it's cool to have your support because, like I said, we were observing you from afar for years and then to meet you finally and to play against you. We've actually played against you in some competitive tournaments, so it's really cool for Kyle and I and like a full circle moment kind of thing. Yeah, I, uh, I'll wrap it up here. So... If you, you know, obviously we got a little bit of a following on this podcast soon to take off, grow exponentially. But <laughs> um, if you could spread what one message to, you know, our following here on the podcast, what would that be? Go out and play the game of wiffle ball. Go out with your friends. Go to one of the MLW regional tournaments. If they have a tournament in your town, go out there and play. Meet new people, you know, try and learn from anybody that you can. Watch the videos. Um, just try and pick up on anything that you can and. If you want to play this game, go out there and play. We're all very nice people, and we want to spread the game to as many people as we can. So go out there, grab friends, go to MLW tournament, go to MAW tournament, any Wiffle Ball tournament in your area, um, play the game of Whiffs. That, that's really you know all I got. Go out there and play. Yeah. 
It's a good Couldn't message. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better, says Jack. Well, Jordan, I appreciate your time. Uh, it was nice getting to know you a little bit. Definitely the longest conversation that you and I have ever had outside of a quick, you know, hey, how's it going at a tournament every once in a while. So it's good to get to meet you better on this podcast as well as other guys I've talked to as well, like Skibby and more to come in the future. So I've enjoyed getting to know you guys and to hear about your long journey in the game of wiffle ball. And uh, I wish you the best of luck on, your, on the rest of it. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me. Big fan of everything you guys do, league you guys got. Um, yeah. Uh, any anything, anytime you guys need anything, if you ever come to the East Coast, let me know and uh, you know, make something happen. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate that. I've got your information. Um, I will uh put the I'll put Jordan's social media in our podcast description. So you guys want to check him out, see some of his highlights, um, you can go ahead and do that. But uh Jordan, have a good rest of your night, man. Thank you. Thank you guys, you too. Thanks, Jordan. So Jack, what'd you think? Man, that was I. That was really cool. Um, it, it's funny because you know you kind of mentioned like some of our listeners and even maybe some of the fans at the tournaments kind of uh, don't really understand the full the full scope of wiffle ball um, in the United States and how many other leagues are out there, how many other super talented players are out there, and uh, you know I kind of put myself in that category, like. I've sort of only been exposed um, to MLW and that's kind of really all, you know, I've stepped into. So I haven't, unfortunately, you know, just by being in school and stuff, haven't had a chance to like go to, you know, some super fun tournaments, really competitive tournaments and Mm -hmm. stuff. So just hearing the insight, like all the different leagues he's played in, like playing wiffle ball for money like that, you know, that sounds like a blast to me, honestly. Sounds, like, like, sounds intense. If, especially I, if like I'm being honest, kid. that sounds super intense, but like really fun. Um, you know, something I would really like to do. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Overall, I was like, I was very impressed in that interview. Some some great insight. Um, really thought that it was cool. You know how Jordan just talked about our our uh, our content and you know, gave some recognition to, to the hours that go into editing those videos. I know that, you know, obviously I'm not the one doing it. I know it, it, it does uh, take a extreme amount of effort and time and uh, dealing through frustrations, as he mentioned. So, you know, that was, that was cool. And um, um, I'm looking forward to, you know, the next sweet interview at, at episode 90 for sure. Yeah. Um, that'll be a tough one to top. He was a very nice guy. And once again, yeah. similar to the Skibby interview, um, I really haven't talked to Jordan a whole lot outside of what we just did. You know, I've I've shook his hand, said what's up, you know, tell him I've been we've been watching him for a while, but that was like the longest conversation we've ever had. And um super nice guy. He was very I could tell he really appreciated what we've done for the game and it's cool to see guys like him, you know, reap the benefits a little bit. And I hope that the sport continues to grow in popularity, as we kinda said, like esports, how you know, it really just took off. Yeah. Like no one saw that coming. You never know yeah. if something like that will happen. So um, and that's kind of cool, you know, on. about that's cool about the game of wiffle ball. Like, like you said, you know, you never really had much of a conversation with this guy, but, you know, we just chatted with him for about a half hour, you know, centered obviously around our, our common commonality and wiffle ball. Mm-hmm. But um, that's what this game does is it brings people together. You make connections. You know, I thought his message was good, right? Go out, get active, go to tournaments. You know, it doesn't have to be an MLW tournament. Go to your local wiffle ball tournament. Start the tournament. Uh, just throw the wiffle ball in your backyard, you know, with your brother or your neighbor or your friend. Like, mm-hmm. it's 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 very easy to get started. It's a great game. You'll learn a lot about, you know, skill and also just about 
life in general. So I, I really enjoyed that part of his interview too. Yeah. I also, one of my favorite parts of that too was him talking about how he like has actually put in a ton of time. I knew he was now, yeah. but like when he was yeah. younger, I didn't realize like we were grinding from fifth grade to 10th grade. And then we finally won. Like that's really cool to hear and yeah. um, to see like how good he got. Like I said, that who you guys just heard from was the number one ranked player in wiffle ball, not in a league in wiffle ball in America. In yeah, 2019. That's crazy. The best. That, that was you just heard from the best of the best in this game at one point in time and is still a top 10 player. Yeah, that part baffled me because it's, you know, we're, we're, we're honest here on the Pipe It Up podcast. If I'm being real honest with you guys, I'm not doing a whole lot of uh, training for wiffle ball in the offseason. You know, I, I'm in shape, obviously, and I'm working out. So obviously, athletically, obviously I'm fine. But I'm not taking batting <laughs> practice. You know, I, I'm not like, uh, catching grounders and stuff like that. It's like I kind of lace up the cleats uh, come May and and see what I got. Hey, so just be an athlete, for, right? For, yeah, just be an athlete, make <laughs> a play, and that's kind of my mindset with wiffle ball. But like to hear someone talk about how they started, you know, tournament in fifth grade, played it in every year, won it, mm-hmm. you know, le- years later when they were in the tenth grade, like that. That's so cool to me. That's that's a whole nother that's a whole nother side of wiffle ball that I. Have yet to be exposed to, mm-hmm. um, but can can really appreciate, and um, I just think it's cool. I, I obviously his vision for growing the game, I think, aligns with ours, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, as with most uh, popular wiffle ball players, but very insightful, very cool. Um, yeah, happy to yeah, happy to have him on. Um, yeah, me too. I enjoyed learning about his past a lot, and I hope you guys did as well. Um, like I said, I'll put his social media information in the description of this podcast. You guys can check him out if you would like. But once again, I wanted to keep this podcast fairly short as I'm preparing what is the greatest video podcast of all time for you guys, and I'm allocating my time towards that. So we're going to wrap this one up a little early today. Um, I hope you guys really enjoyed it. Uh, we're going to keep on chugging. Cheers to another 80 episodes. And uh, Jack, signing off. I'll see you in a couple weeks. Sounds good, brother. All right. Peace out, boys and girls. Peace.